Talking Leafs podcast. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode on Spotify, SoundCloud, or Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Here's Nick D'Souza and Kevin Papetti. Leafs win. Big comeback win for the Toronto Maple Leafs tonight, Nick. Jack Campbell improves to 6-0 on the season. Nick, were you ever in doubt? Oh, yeah, definitely today. I mean, everything was hitting the post. Mike Smith was on his head. I thought the Leafs were so good all night, to be honest. I thought they were out playing Edmonton. And then, but early in the game, it was just kind of the Connor McDavid show in terms of just actual goals. Like, he was just so good. And then I'm just glad that the Leafs kept with it and uh, finally made the comeback because this is a huge win. Even when you look at the standings, like, if they lost to Edmonton in regulation today, it gets tight up top. So I'm glad that they got the win. I got the dumbest co-host in the in the podcast universe, doubting Jack Campbell. What are you thinking, Nick? Of course they were going to win. He was tapping people today at a, at a higher rate than usual. Tapping his defenseman after big saves. It was, in one crease, the stick taps per 60 liter, and in the other crease, the playing the puck, coming out of your crease per 60 liter. Uh, interesting game, to say the least. The Leafs were down 3-1, heading into the third period. Uh, I believe Myrtle tweeted it out. They had like 89% expected goals in the third, just stuck with it. Um, And and, and three nice goals. The first being from John Tavares uh, off a nice pass from Galchenyuk. The second, again, Nylander from Galchenyuk and Hall. And then that weird Matthews OT winner. Um, So just a huge comeback. I think those comeback games are always just so exciting. I think that's four straight. I know it's four straight. might even be five straight against the Oilers have to go back and look but they did sweep them last time so i just love beating edmonton and it was kind of a frustrating game they, they limited them on the on the shots on goal but some really nice goals from edmonton tonight as well but i guess nice to get the two points what did you make of the game overall first off you can't say that i'm the dumbest um co-host because if you were part of the campbell uh fan club you've been kicked out because he said last game or the game before that manners go a long way so you've officially been kicked out of the fan club. Wow, he is. I, I don't think he's too nice. Campbell won't kick me out. He can't. He's the best. He can't kick anyone out of the fan club. <laughs> he's it, gonna kick you out and then apologize for it maybe, and give you a stick tap. Maybe. Yeah, as long as I get the stick <laughs> tap, I'm fine. But what did you? Then you're fine. What did you make of the overall game tonight? I know it's a great comeback. Um, one thing I'll say is, I, I like the third period forward lines. I thought Kelchenyuk's been so good as a leave getting it on the forward check. Um, and that, you know what? We're starting three stars. I'm going to start right away with Galchenyuk. I've been so impressed with him as a Leaf. Uh, obviously, low expectations. He's bounced around team after team. He passed through waivers. Uh, he looked okay with the Marlies, really skilled with the Marlies, but just his forechecking ability. Uh, I thought on that on the, on the tying goal, the Nylander goal, he, he kind of looked like Hyman. Just, you know, he's just working his ass off out there. And, you know, he is a guy who's playing for his NHL life, and you can tell he's, he's been just as good as expected. It was a real nice pass on that Tavares goal. Um, he's not playing power play, but just all in all, I've been so happy with him and his ability to get on the four check. So I, I'm going to start with three stars tonight, Nick, and I'm going to take Galchenyuk from you. I apologize, but I had to get that in there. It's funny because when they first signed Galchenyuk, I thought to myself, you know, I'm not concerned with him around the net. I'm not concerned with his shot. I'm not concerned with his playmaking, but I'm concerned with things away from the score sheet, getting in on the forecheck like you were talking about, making plays in the defensive end, 
Um, will he be able to keep up with the pace of the game and, and just the overall kind of two-way game that the Leafs are playing right now? And like you said, like I've also been really impressed with him. I think that he's... Like, I've definitely noticed, I tweeted this out earlier, I've definitely noticed him more in four games than I noticed Jimmy Vesey in 30 games. And I'm not going to use Jimmy Vesey as the bar here, but I, I think Galchenyuk's been really good, and I think he's shown that he deserves to be in this lineup right now. And uh, I think it's just nice to have a bottom six option that you can put up in the lineup with skilled guys like Tavares and Nylander. And you have three skilled guys, and, you know, it can kind of spark a comeback. So... Love that Keith made that move. Um, it's just nice to see have a coach that makes changes mid-game, depending on what's happening. And and today, I think, you know, we're not going to give Keith a star because it's reserved to the players. But I think he deserves one uh, tonight. I don't know. We'll get it to Keith after. Um, I just we'll talk about the Tavares, the Tavares uh, ice time and stuff like that. I do think there's something. I don't know if that's what you're alluding to there, but we will talk about Keith a little later. But I do think you know just the fact that he puts Hyman. Um, up on the top line with Matthews and Marner mid-game when they're losing. Like, it's not rocket scientists, but, you know, we've seen that coaches don't always do that, things like that. They just they just keep the pedal on the metal and hope something changes. But, you know, I'm going to give Keith credit there. Um, I'm going to go with my first star here, and it's going to be William Nylander. Now, I thought that the Leafs were really good in the third period, um, but there was a, a point probably from, like, the 12-minute mark to around, let's say, the, the 7 or sixth minute mark where they were having trouble getting into the into the Edmonton zone and and really breaking through and I thought Nylander came in there and you know he gets two zone entries the first one on the where he passed it to Galchenyuk Galchenyuk goes between the legs to Tavares and they score and then the on Nylander's goal he's the one who actually gained the zone and got the leaps in there so I think it's just so important for good teams to have players like Nylander who can break through traps can break through, you know, defenses that are sitting back and to get them into that offensive zone. And we saw today, at least they led to goals today. Um, so you get some credit there. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, I can't disagree too much there. Um, I got to go my second star. I'm ahead of you for once. I'm going to go Jack Campbell. He's 6-0. and The goals scored tonight were beautiful. Like, for the most part. That first goal, he probably would have liked to have back the nurse one where it went five-hole. But he's been steady, especially with Anderson out. Um, there were two goals that, uh, one being the dry settle goal, the other being the, the dry settle assist on the Tyson Berry goal. Um, both goals he had zero chance at. I know when Freddie's in net, people, you know, tweet out like, oh, sometimes you just need a save. None of that tonight, so I was thankful. I was waiting for it. But I don't care that he had the 850 save percentage. He played well tonight. Sometimes you just don't get the shots um, to get that number up. But I thought he did everything he could. You know, maybe you want to have that first goal back. But all in all, he, he made some big saves late. And, you know, can't go wrong with 6-0. Let's put it at that. We This is another edition of we have completely different timelines and, and mentions. Um, I saw a lot of people kind of... Really? You know, saying like, oh, Campbell's pulling off an Anderson right now. Oh, Campbell should have had the shot. The Not so much the second and third goal, but definitely the nurse one, which I thought it was a fine shot. It was a partial breakaway. Um, McDavid kind of, you know, suckered Brody into coming into the, the middle of the ice and then passed it to nurse. And I thought it was a pretty good shot. So I'm not, uh, I completely agree with your, your call on, um, on Campbell's, you know, getting the second star because I thought he was fine tonight. Um, 
you know, I don't really blame him for any of the goals, and and obviously not the second and third one. But I did see, I definitely saw people getting on him after the first goal, which I thought was a bit a bit ridiculous. Yeah, the goalie analysis on Twitter is the worst, the worst. But <laughs> Campbell, I don't want to see any hatred for. I love that guy, so I'm, I'm giving him my second star. Uh, I'd give him a stick tap if I could, and we'll, we'll He'd give it right back. I'd to give, you. yeah, he would, he would. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's go to your second star. Uh, I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Zach Hyman. I think this is the the easy one. Um, I mean, he was on the hem line, a line that I absolutely love. He, I, I do really like Engvall and Mikheyev, and I know a lot of people say that Hyman carries that line, which I think he's the best player on that line. I don't think there's any doubt about that. But um, I do also value what Engvall and Mikheyev bring to that line as well. Just as a whole, I love that third line for the Leafs. And then as soon as they, you know, Keith brings them up to the first line. You know, that line really starts buzzing. Not like they weren't before, but, you know, they were really good in that third period. So, Hyman, you know what you're going to get every single night, and it's it's a legit top six winger. So, I'm going to give him the second star. Yeah, my only... I'd like to see him on the first line earlier, but I have to agree, you know, he's almost worth a star or borderline worth a star every game, it seems. He's just so consistent. You know, that doesn't go in slumps. The effort doesn't go in slumps. The speed and the forechecking ability does it go in slumps. I know a guy's shooting percentage does, but he's a player that even when he's not scoring, seems to bring something every night. So, uh, you know, good choice with Zach Hyman, Nick, but it's a good choice pretty much every night. I'm going with the OT hero, a bit of a weird goal, but Austin Matthews. He had, I know it wasn't the nicest goal, but he did have seven shots. He had a couple posts tonight, played cl- 24 and a half minutes. And I was just at, looking at my timeline here. Um, Galchenyuk actually worked out with Matthews, I guess, this summer in Arizona in a private session with Galchenyuk's dad and Matthews' trainer from when he was young. So that was the new. Um, but, but maybe that's why it's paying off today because both those players got were in my stars. And, you know, I don't know what was going on in those private sessions, but something was working. So I'm giving both players a star tonight. His shot looked back to normal. Oh, with Matthews, he looked... His, his shot definitely looked back to normal. You know, he hit the post earlier in the game. He, I mean, he should have had at least, I think, two goals tonight, if not more. Um, he had that one in the power play where he just looked at the goalie. I don't know how Smith squeezed it there. Um, <laughs> so, you know, honestly, the goal at the end is, is one of the, the more odd goals I've ever seen, but he deserves it. I mean, he's been so snake-bitten the last couple games. And if, if it's anything to kind of look at and say there's kind of really good times ahead for the Leafs is that Matthew's shot rates haven't gone down. His overall expect like individual expected goals haven't gone down in the last couple of games in comparison to earlier in the season. He's just hitting posts. He's hitting posts. Goalies are making big saves on him. He's just getting unlucky. And a player who arguably is the best goal scorer in the league right now, like he's not going to be snake bin forever. Um, and if he's going to start getting some goals soon, which he will, hopefully it's closer to the playoffs and he rides into it. So, like, that's, like, his goal-scoring slump before this game today, like, that should be the least of our concerns. It's, it's just nice to see his wrist better. Yeah, he looks like his old self. And I think even for the power play, I know they're in a power play slump, but they were getting some pretty good chances tonight. And if his wrist is better, that should change in a hurry. So that's why he's my third star. Nick, I believe you still owe me a third star. Was that was Hyman my uh, my third one or my second one? 
That was your second. That was my second, okay. So I'm going to go with... I'm trying to think of who was even a star. I'm going to go with Pierre Engvall. Um, I think that him and Mikheyev... I'm going to group actually both of them together. It's. I, I just find them... Double. Yeah, I'm going to group them both together. I think they're, they're just such similar players. Like They're both really fast. They're both, you know... They're both good in their defensive end. They're both good in transition. They can both generate zone entries. So here I'm going to group them together. Um, I had a tweet earlier today, which I did want to read it out because I just think Is it's that good. I just think it's so true when it comes to those two players. Like Engvall and Mikheyev in the offensive zone is like having two flies buzzing around your ear. The flies aren't going to ser- seriously harm you, but they are annoying, and it's going to take way too much time to get rid of them before resuming the activity you were doing before. So, like, that line, those two together, especially when the Leafs are in the lead, they're so good at just wasting time. And it's almost as if, like, the other team is, is has both them on and, you know, they have a shift and it's spent a lot in the offensive zone and then all of a sudden the other team looks at the clock and they're like, oh, wait, we only have five minutes left in this game and we need to get back in this game. So... I think that pairs just so good when the Leafs have the lead, and the Leafs right now lead the whole league in the the amount of time that they've been in the lead. So I think that those two are so important to them right now. I thought Engvall was great tonight. Obviously, he gets the goal. Um, bit of a bit of an odd one as well, but thought he was great on the forecheck, great in, in transition, and it's nice to see him get a goal. Jack Campbell's post game quote. I'm gonna read it here. I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. I just didn't have it tonight. Didn't like my game one bit. What a really great team does is they pick guys up and they pick me up tonight, and I'm really, really proud of the boys. So, apparently... He's too much. It's, he's, he's just too awesome. <laughs> I gave him a star. I mean, the first one wasn't that good, but the other goals, I don't know what the hell he's supposed to do. So, um, <laughs> yeah, okay. It's, om- it's almost like at the end of the year when Dubis goes up on, in his press conferences, and he's like, you know, I put this 100% blame on myself. Um, you know, if you, if you <laughs> want to look at someone to blame, you can blame me. And everyone's just like, okay, Kyle, like we under, like we love it, but you know, not, it's a bit too much now. <laughs> yeah. I th- well, I was just looking that we haven't recorded in 10 days, so we got a decent amount to go over. I don't want to go game by game, but they lost that Calgary game. Then they beat Calgary two nothing. And I believe it was Ottawa. They beat the other night. So we're finally back in the win column. We haven't seen a trade. I think we were expecting to see one by now. Um, but the quarantine period did get switched from from 14 to 7, it sounds like. And I want to get your thoughts on the trade we saw today. It wasn't a Leafs trade, but we saw two moves from Montreal tonight. We Or today, sorry. We saw an Eric Stahl trade. I think it was a third and a fifth to Buffalo. And then we saw the Cole Caulfield yep. signing, who's apparently headed to Laval. So we'll see what happens there. That'll be tough for your Marley's dick, so I know you're I know you're nervous about that. Yeah. It's gonna we're gonna have to put Agostino on him. That we will need Agostino at his best. We might even Agostino need, uh, versus Caulfield. That's the uh that's the headline going into the game. We got the Val versus the Marlies. We got Marinson, so Caulfield's the right wing, <laughs> Marinson's the left E. Shut down time, baby. Um the stall deal, I, I wasn't too surprised by it. I mean Montreal needs a center. Um, I thought the third and a fifth is a pretty good price for Stahl. Um, it's it kind of makes those those Placanich and and Boyle deals from back way back when. Like we knew that was a bad deal at the time to give up a second round pick, but now just the, it 
it's just really not aged well at all. Um, and the stall deal is another example of that. But I know a lot of people wanted the Leafs to get stall as the third line center. And you and I have talked about this on this podcast you know, a lot. So I'm not really going to get into it too much, but I just didn't think he was a fit for the Leafs. Uh, you know, I want the Leafs to trade for someone that can potentially play with Nylander and Tavares on that second line. And I don't think Stahl is that guy. So um, I was happy to see him go with Montreal. If anything, you know, it's going to make the playoff series better. And obviously the Leafs need to make a move to uh, improve their own team as well. Yeah, I think it's it's interesting. Like a third and a fifth, it's, I guess it's close to a second. So, you know, maybe... I don't know. Like, Ish. I feel like the I feel like the Leafs have too many old guys right now with Thornton and, and Spezza and Simmons, and they need some guys with you know a little a little bit more legs. Um, so I feel like they need a younger guy. Stahl was kind of like my plan D or plan E if I can't get anyone else. But I want to talk about a couple things here. Um, oh, just last thoughts on Stahl. I don't know. Like, we'll see. I. I Montreal could use the depth. I don't know if it's like a, a huge needle mover, but Cole Caulfield could be really interesting because the Habs have had a bad power play forever. And if he just plays, even if he's fourth line at five on five and you hide him, if he could help that power play, they could be a completely different team. So I'm really interested to see uh, Cole Caulfield, what he can do. Um, that should be interesting. Uh, so Wisconsin got eliminated from uh, the, it's kind of like March Madness. It's just a lot smaller. And uh, I'm going for Mike Coster's team, Minnesota. So they're still in. I think v- uh, I think Menton's team's still in as well. So- it is, yeah. Or yeah, the team is. Did you see that goal today by chance? I saw it on Twitter. I didn't watch the video. Oh my goodness! Um, I gotta watch it though. I, I literally saw you. I think you retweeted it. Or yeah, you it was so weird. Or something like that. One of the weirdest goals I've ever seen. So the puck's behind the net. It deflects out like it deflects like ten feet in the air, right? And somehow goes into like the slot, like behind the faceoff circle. Everyone thinks the puck's still behind the net and is looking for it, except for one guy, and he has the whole net, and he just. Oh, I'm watching it. It was. Uh, is that, is that, just that the is weirdest a goal. Is it? No, I'm looking at, no. It's a weird angle. Oh, okay. But it's just a weird goal. Uh, one of the weirdest goals I've seen in a while. But I guess we did see some. <laughs> we did see some weird goals in the Leafs game as well tonight. It's just been a weird day for goals. Uh, you know, the Leafs had some really nice chances tonight hitting posts. And then, sure enough, that Engvall one where he, like, you thought he punched it in and it didn't go in. That was one of the weirder goals I've seen. And the OT winner was a weird goal. So, bit of a day for weird goals. But I want to talk about the forward lines. I don't like what Keith's been doing as of late. A few things. So, one is the ice time with, with Tavares Nylander. Part of it, I want to see them on the power play more. Like, I... Thornton, I just don't really get what he's doing. He played 17:41 tonight. I don't really know why he's getting so much power play time. I don't think he's been good as of late. Um, and I just want to see that Hyman Matthews Marner line. Like I, I just feel like if it's if that's the line you go to when you need a goal in the third, that's the line you should be going to right off the bat. I don't mind the you know Makayev Engvall and uh, um, and Hyman. Hyman. I don't mind that line, but. I think Hyman just, you need to get him up with Matthews and, and Marner because every extra chance you can get them, the better. Um, I don't know. I don't like Simmons in the top six either. I think he's been really struggling as of late. Um, so, you know, maybe once they add a forward, it, it changes things. Um, what are your just thoughts on, on the lines and, and I guess the power play as well? 
Yeah, so first I'll address the Hyman thing. Um, I think Keith knows that that Matthews-Marner-Hyman line works. I think everyone knows that works. That's why when they are losing in a game, he goes with it. But I do think that for the most part, and I'm obviously speculating here, that he wants to use that hemline in the playoffs. And I do think that the player that they do acquire will be in the top six, and that's going to kind of free up Hyman to stay in that hemline and to kind of... I guess justify it a little bit more than it is right now. So I think that is like I, I love that line, but I also like Hyman in that on that top line as well. So it's kind of a weird spot for them to be in right now. I don't know, like for now I'm okay with how Keith's doing it. Like I, I don't mind them having that hem line because they're still out chancing teams with that line there. Matthews and Marner are still out chancing teams like you know, other lines with Thornton there or whoever they have there, even if it's Simmons. Like they're still out playing teams, so I don't mind them kind of balancing the lines out for now and then changing it mid-game. If Keith wasn't changing it mid-game and, and we saw Hyman, you know, really low in terms of 5-on-5 five five ice time and, you know, staying on that third line throughout the game, then, you know, maybe I'd be a little bit more strong on this. But I don't know. I, I really like that hemline. And even Hyman, Hyman's production, I think it's his goals per 60 right now with with the hemline is actually higher than... I think it's points per 60, actually, is higher with um, the hemline than it is to Matthews and Marner. Now, I'm not going to die on that hill there, but I, I do think that Hyman is productive wherever you put him. So I'm not too strong about that. I do agree about Simmons, you know, in the top six. I don't really like it. Keith's done a pretty good job of keeping his ice time, like his overall five-on-five ice time low. He was definitely in, like, the bottom five in terms of that tonight. Um, so, again, not too strong about that. I don't expect Simmons to be in the top six come playoff time, but I'm okay with them trying it out to see if something, you know, kind of works there. I want to talk about the fourth line. And we've seen, it was actually last game, where we saw Thornton, Spezza, and Kerfoot as their fourth line. Mm-hmm. I kind of like that fourth line. I think it's it's an interesting one. I think that if you have a good defensive fourth, third line, like the Hem line, and then you have a fourth line that can give you some points in kind of limited times, which, you know, Spets has been scoring a few goals in the past couple games. I really like that fourth line. And if they can somehow have a, a productive fourth line come playoffs like that, you know, you keep Thornton's minutes down, you keep Spets's minutes down, and then you have a, you know, a pretty good transition guy like Kerfoot. We don't know if he's going to be in the playoffs but with the Leafs, but I really like that fourth line. What do you feel about it? Okay, I got a couple things here. So first, in terms of the ice time, yeah, I don't mind that hemline. It's just I feel like Hyman's got to be up. It is good that he at least switches mid game. The one I didn't get today was Galchenyuk. Like he's been so good on that Tavares line. I would have started him there. I don't really get that one. That one was weird to me. The only thing I'm gonna say about your fourth line is I think Wayne Simmons needs to be on there because I don't want him in the top nine. And I actually have a question for you. I'm gonna put you on the spot. Let's say Galchenyuk keeps playing like this. Let's say he keeps playing well. Who is the worst forward in the top 12? So say you say they add Hall and the league says, screw the cap, you're getting Hall. Who's who's coming out? Who do you think is the worst forward on this on this team? Oh, boy. Not even, who's, you know, sin- don't, not even who's coming out, just who's the worst forward. People are not going to like this. And, and this is assuming Kerfoot's still on the team yeah. after they had yeah. Hall? Yeah, this Ooh, is just... that's a tough question. This is just... Okay, let's say Nick Robertson, for example, is just killing it in the AHL. They want to call him up. Like, I, I don't even care who they would do. Who do you think's the worst 
forward out of the 12 that played tonight. People are going to not like me for this. I'm not going to like myself for this answer, but I think this this is how I feel. It's it's probably Wayne Simmons, like especially at 5 It is Wayne five. Simmons. I think so too. It is it's, Wayne Simmons. It's, it's Wayne Simmons. I love what he brings to the table. I, like, I love the energy. I think... You know, obviously I can't speculate on how he is on the bench and how he, he influences his teammates, but I'm sure that it's really good. But in terms of who the the worst player is, especially on five on five, it's it's gotta be Wayne Simmons. Um it I think is. Spezza in like a limited time on the ice, he's obviously extremely valuable. Uh, Galchanyak's been good. I'm just looking through the, the forwards right now. And then, you know, obviously you're not really touching Kerfoot, Hyman, and then the big four. So, I mean, it pretty much comes down to whether you think it's Galchenyuk, Simmons, or Thornton, maybe. But, I don't, like, Thornton's not coming out of the lineup. No, I don't think Simmons is either. But he's been their worst forward for the, the past while here. Um, he's just, he's bad at transition. He's not a good playmaker. You can go to the net. And you could kind of score that way. But kind of getting tired of him on the first unit. I was definitely willing to try it. Um, but at this point, like the top unit's playing a minute 30 right now and Thornton and Simmons don't deserve that ice time on the power play. I'd much rather have Tavares and Elander out there and stack the unit. Their second power play unit's good enough to hold their own and, and be half decent. It's not like last year when they were throwing like Kaplan and Kerfoot out there. They have plenty of options. Like Galchenyuk's not even on the second unit right now. So, you know, Simmons, I know people really like the toughness and I'm sure he's great in the room, but... He is their worst forward right now. His his limits his minutes have been limited for the most part, although he did get up to over 16 minutes against Ottawa when he moved up in the lineup. But I think he's either got to be fourth line or out of the lineup. Like I do think Kerfoot's probably going if it's a Hall trade or anything big, um, because you'll need to you'll need to get some room. Um, but I think Simmons has been their their worst forward right now and. You know, he is really he was bad the last two years. I know he's got off to a pretty good start. I think he's a decent net front guy, but yeah, I think I think we agree there. People are gonna be upset about that, but you know, he yeah, is there. Who, who do you think now that's kind of opened up a can of worms here? Like if they do keep Kerfoot and whatever, let's say there's an injury and you know the Leafs pull off a bit of a Kucherov where you know, let's say someone gets injured and they're back during game one of the playoffs when the salary cap doesn't matter. So who do you think the Leafs will take out? Uh, someone shouldn't like it. It could be Engvall. If you I have guess. to say one player, yeah, oh, like boy. I doubt they do. I know it's going to be someone dumb if it happens, but I do think that the the move's likely going to be Kerfoot out, someone else in. But if it's like a Granlund who you can get without moving someone, it can't be Engvall. Like I, I think Galchenyuk. I think it's going it to be Galchenyuk. Be Gal- yeah. yeah, I think it'll be Galchenyuk. If Keith takes out Engvall, I'd be super surprised. Yeah. yeah, it's to me the two bottom guys right now, now are yeah. Thornton and Simmons are the two bottom forwards lately. Um, I know people don't like Kerfoot, but like I, I tweeted this out the other day. Since being a Leaf, I don't know if this is still true, but he had one more point at five on five than Hyman in less minutes since since yeah, becoming Kerf- a Leaf. Kerfoot's been an underrated five on five producer since he came. Even on Colorado, he's a pretty good five on five producer. He's got good defensive results. Like he's he's a decent player. I know the three point five million. Sure, if you want to move it, if you can if you can get a big piece, I'm all in. But he's a decent player, and I like that he can move to center. Like tonight, when you you wanted to move Hyman up, then I think Kerfoot's a nice guy to, to slot on that line. And I do I have liked that fourth line, Nick. It's just I don't know where else to put Simmons other than the fourth line. So um, I'm kind of hoping for like a 
what they did last year in the playoffs when they had Engvall with Clifford, I almost want to put Engvall on the fourth line, um, centering Simmons and like Thornton, because it's a tough. Yeah, it's funny because I think actually at the beginning of the year, uh, sorry, not the beginning of the year, it was about, I w- it was when Simmons was injured, and I tweeted something along like pretty much the exact same question you asked me, and I didn't have Simmons in my lineup, and my replies were crazy it was like Simmons has to be in the lineup Simmons should be in the lineup why don't you have Simmons in the lineup and and especially because he was like when he got injured he was he was pretty hot coming out when he when he got injured like he had like two or three goals in the last couple games before um I don't know like even on the power play like I know the power play struggling it's not Simmons fault but I really like Nylander in front of the net last year like the guy had 30 goals a lot of them were in front of the net and a lot of them were on the power play um Tavares can do that too yeah I just I just it's it's a good problem for the Leafs to have um obviously but they're gonna have a really tough decision because I would be I'd be pretty upset actually if Engvall came out of the lineup I think he's I don't even think he should be in the conversation and I think Galchenyuk's deserve to stay up so you know it's gonna be a tough tough decision yeah well I can tell you, anyone over 40 loves Wayne Simmons. I think he's a likable guy. I like him too. But the amount of people that want Miles Wood on this team is hilarious. Um, like, I, I'll tweet about Hall and people will be like, they need Miles Wood. I'm like, have you watched Miles Wood? Like, he's fine, but, like, they need they need some offense. Like, they, they have, I've said this yeah. a million times, they have five top six forwards. I like to have a six. I've been really impressed with Galchenyuk, and if he keeps playing like this, maybe that frees up Hyman to to play on the third line. Maybe you get that winger, play him on the first line, keep Galchenyuk where he is on that second line, and, and play Hyman on on the third if 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 you can get the right guy. But I want to ask you a little bit about the deadline. I know we talked about it, but it's been ten days. I guess first and foremost, like for me, it's Taylor Hall because I think he moves the dial. Um, Nashville's two points out of a playoff spot right now. I feel like they're going to wait to make a move. I don't think they're doing it soon. I think New Jersey's probably going to wait. At least it sounded like they were trying to extend Palmieri. But I think Hall is likely to go soon. I think he would welcome a move to Toronto. And I just think he's a guy that could be the difference maker. As your number five, number six forward, that's great. I know people get, you know, they're they're mad because he's, he's lost before. I think he's like a locker room cancer. But, like, He's been the best forward on his team his whole life, other than the, like, 20 games of Jack Eichel. And if he's your number five, like, if he's better than Hyman, for example, you're thrilled. That's an excellent pickup. So I just love his ability on the forecheck. He's really good on the forecheck. Um, really good zone entry guy. Really good playmaker. He's had a huge shooting percentage slump right now. He's been very unlucky. But just watching him in his highlights from, like, the Devils, that guy, when he won the heart, and even since then, like that guy could still play hockey. He's kind of on an, you know, on an island today. I think he was centered by like I don't even know how to pronounce it, D or Dia. Um, Buffalo's lost seventeen straight, and I just think that's the guy. I think I know you're you're with me on Hall, but is he? Do you think he's the most likely? Ooh, I don't know about the most likely. I still think it's Granlin, um, okay. but. The price of Hall, like, I, I don't know if it was Friedman or, or Chris Johnson, saying that right now they're asking for a second, oh, sorry, for a first. first. 
It's the first sec first, and that it's probably going to come down. I would 100% give the Leafs 2021 first round pick for Taylor Hall. Same. Like I wouldn't even think about it. I wouldn't even think about it. Now I wouldn't, I wouldn't give one of the top four prospects. Um, I wouldn't give one of the top four prospects for him. Um, maybe I'll think about Lilligran, but I probably wouldn't do it. But the first, 100%. So if other teams are not offering that first, if I'm Kyle Dubas, I'm 100% giving it. The way I look at it right now is the Leafs are outchancing virtually every team that they're playing right now in the Canadian division, having a little bit more trouble with Montreal, but that's okay. And at the moment, they're having trouble scoring. Really low shooting percentage. To me, you need another player that can that can virtually score. Like a, a, another good goal scorer that... Another game breaker is pretty much what I'm trying to say. That's why a player like Alex Galchenyuk, a guy who can make a between-the-legs pass to, to free up Tavares, a guy who does have a really good shot, that's important to have in your lineup, especially a team that gets as many chances as they do, like the Leafs. And... Teams are going to pretty much... Like, they have the blueprint on how to beat Toronto. It's sit back like how Columbus did. Hope that your goalie plays really well and try and block as many shots. Keep Toronto to the outside. You're going to need players that can score from the outside, like your like Matthews, like Nylander, players like that. Galchenyuk and can, yeah. Galchenyuk can as well, exactly. So a guy like Taylor Hall definitely moves the dial. Now, I'm glad you mentioned his shooting percentage because while I say that he's uh, a guy who can score, like he's at like a 1.7 shooting percentage right now. Um, so it's not going to stay there. Uh, he's obviously still a very good goal scorer. He's, you know, two seasons from a heart trophy on a, on a pretty bad New Jersey team other than him. So I'd love to see him play with Tavares and Nylander. I think it'd be great. To me, I think he's the best option now. And I've kind of moved back and forth between him and Forsberg and, and whatever. But given that price, like, I would 100% give that first-round pick. And for that reason, like, Hall's the best choice, I think, right now. Yeah, I don't think they're trading Forsberg, so I've kind of given up, especially because they're two points out of a playoff spot. But, yeah, I think Hall is, is the biggest game-changer. Even career-wise, he hasn't been the best shooter. He is more of a playmaker, but he is just excellent in transition Good on the four check. Like, for me, I would... Depends. Like, right now, Galchenyuk's been Hyman light. Like, that guy's been a beast on the four check. I knew he was skilled. He's always been skilled. He's always had a good shot. But he's never four check like this before. If this continues, if they could keep getting this out of him... Um, I did. I know they did work on his skating. He does look a step quicker. Um, if this continues, you just got found money, right? Like, this would be perfect. And... We'll see. Obviously, I'm still trying to be skeptical because he's played on, I don't know, five teams now, and it hasn't worked there, but he does look pretty good so far, and I think Hall's another guy that if you put... Like, Tavares' problems is skating, right, in his transition play. That's where he struggles. Right. If you put Nylander and Hall on his wings, for example, what better situation does could John Tavares have? So, I think he would... Like, he's an excellent player, Taylor Hall. Excellent player. If he gets a chance to be a number five or number six forward for a team, he's going to be the best number five or number six forward in the league, right? Like, he won the heart trophy. Easily. Um, this, the, literally, like, Kerfoot, Tavares, and Nylander looked really good together. And that's because Kerfoot was, was pretty good in transition, and obviously you have Nylander there. Like, I can't even imagine what Hall would look like there. And to add to what you were talking about with Galchenyuk, if he is 
you know, continues to forecheck this way, continues to make plays in the offensive zone, and is, you know, competent defensively, I wouldn't even mind, um, you know, Keefe would have an option in the in the playoffs if he wants to keep that hemline together to go through stretches in a game of Galchenyuk, Tavares, and Nylander, and putting Hall, for example, with Matthews and Marner, which would just be silly. Yeah. There's so many the options. The options there. would be crazy. Yeah. yeah. I think you might need to get a center if you get rid of Kerfoot, but um, I'm definitely willing to do Kerfoot in a first. I think you might get something for Kerfoot if you trade him to like a third team too. So um, I don't know. Like You might get a little bit for him. Um, I just think, you know, with 3.5 million, he is a good player, but, you know, I don't just, I don't see much surplus value on that, especially with, like in today's free agent market when Toffoli gets 4 million. Um, but I know his deal his I think he's owed like 2.7 a year in actual money instead of 3.5 that his cap hit is. So, uh, I do think that'll help move him. Um, I don't think he's like a huge negative asset or anything. He might get something for him. Um, but I do think that Hall is the real clear needle mover at this point paul mary's pretty good his impacts are very power play heavy though and i don't know if they need that um though he, he can't shoot i do want shooters that can that can score from the outside i'm interested it just sounds like they might extend him. so and i think he also has toronto in the no trade that's the rumor at least i know it's seven days so maybe he'd wave it maybe he wouldn't care but um now that's seven instead of 14 but i do think that hall is a very likely to be traded and, and b you know he'd he'd be a good fit here. You'd be really the one needle mover. Um, I think Ekholm gets talked about a lot. Savard gets talked about a lot. But I think we've mentioned this in the past, Nick. Like, I think these are going to be their three defense pairings unless they like steal Ekholm, which I just don't see happening. Especially with the amount of bidders that's probably there. Um, yeah. Obviously, Winnipeg's going to be in the question, in the conversation, sorry. So, I don't know. There's, there's just a lot of teams that could use a guy like Ekholm, and I think that this, it's going to be quite a bidding war. Um, I do want to talk about one thing. I was listening to, it was Chris Johnston. I don't know what show it was on, um, on 590, but um, he was talking and he said that he feels like Toronto is in the market heavily for a player that has some grit, has some sandpaper, a forward that can play on their third line, can jump up into the second line, but ideally is kind of like a, a good defensive player who has sandpaper. He mentioned Nick Foligno. Um, I do want to get your thoughts on like them going that direction, if and if that's the type of player you would want uh, if you were Kyle Dubas. Well, I want best player available, really, um, as long as the price is reasonable. Like, I don't know if it's going to be reasonable on a Forsberg. Um, Felino, I I like, I like. I just think they're so close to a playoff spot. He's their captain. They're not moving him yet. I, I think that's going to be a deadline deal if it happens, and I think the Leafs want to act sooner rather than later. Um, I'd be fine with him. I'd be fine with Granlin too. Um, he's kind of a type. He's got, he's a guy that you know been has been rumored to the Leafs for quite some time. Um, at least this, I think this off season and then throughout the season as well. Um, I was in the middle of a Granlin article, so I, I got to pivot to Granlin for a second here. But he's a guy that had like when he was in Minnesota, he played with Koivu and, and Jason Zucker, and he was coming close to seventy point seasons. He's never really been a school-first guy, but since he's been in Nashville, the assists have really dried up. Now, I think, A, that's where power play offense goes to die, but his his primary line mates have been like Duchesne Forsberg, so I'm kind of interested. I don't think he's the needle mover that 
Paul is. I think he's like a, a, a fine middle six guy, maybe a slight upgrade on Kerfoot. Um, I'll take Granlund. I just, if they get Granlund, I want another move. I don't want him to be the only one. And I think if they get Felino, I kind of want another move too. Like, I feel like if, if it's going to be a smaller one like that, not that he's bad, just, I, I, I don't know if that's, if I'm getting Felino and thinking, okay, I'm, you know, I'm way better now. When it comes to Felino, my biggest issue is I th- I'm pretty comfortable with how the Leafs are defensively right now. And yeah. I might say Felino's very good defensively. Like, he's had... Both of them. God. Both of... Both of the Felinos are great defensively. Oh, I see, I see. I was, um, no, but Nick Felino's been good defensively for years. And, like, very good defensively for years. So, I'm okay with how the Leafs are defensively right now. I mean, the North Division... People say that it's really bad, but offensively, it's pretty good. Um, so I don't think that, you know, the way that the Leafs are playing is a mirage because the North Division's bad because of how good off- good offensively they are. But in saying that, I would be intrigued in Felino solely because I would be okay with putting Felino on the third line with Mikheyev and Engvall, having like a really good defensive line, and it almost frees up Hyman to go into the top six permanently. Um, that's pretty much my only kind of way that I would really like that Felino deal is if it's allowing Hyman to go up into the top six but I would not be a fan of you know putting Felino in the top six and keeping Hyman on that third line because I just don't think it does much for the for uh, the Leafs I don't think Felino is very good in transition and I don't think he's you know a very good goal scorer or, or playmaker in the offensive zone and I think that's what that top six needs right now so you know I'm kind of in between on that in general um and even when it comes to toughness and and sandpaper i think the leafs are a pretty tough team right now you know they're not like a st louis they're not you know your boston bruins but you know i think they're a pretty tough team they've added guys like jake muzzin they've added zach bogosian they've added wayne simmons um you know zach hyman mckayab they're not easy players to play against i just don't think they're the same soft team that they were a couple years ago they've made the moves um you know it just it just feels like until the Leafs win the cup, like people will always feel like they need more sandpaper and need more grit. But I think they're pretty good in that department right now. Yeah, I agree. I don't think they need any more grit. Like they need a top six forward. I know if you're like if you grew up when hockey was much different and you just think that, you know, size and strength and toughness win championships, I can get why you think that. But they that's not what they need. They got Simmons for that. Uh, you know, they got Pagosian for that. They've kind of addressed that in the offseason. Right now, they need some some skill. Like, if they could get a Hyman, I'm sure they would do it. Like, I'm in for Tyler Bertuzzi if the price is right and he's he's healthy. He's not playing right now. But Felino, I don't see it. Like, he's their captain. I think they're going to push for a playoff spot with Tortorella. Um, I don't like the third line idea. Like, I'm fine with Kerfoot on that third line with with Mikhaev and, and Engvall. Like, I think that's a pretty good defensive line. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, I, I, I think they need the offense. Um, I don't want a repeat of the Columbus series basically where like, if, if you remember the Columbus series, the problem wasn't toughness. It was, they couldn't score. And <laughs> I, I want to have enough firepower this time where, you know, if one line's not working or if one line gets shut down, you have another first line. I want two first lines, not one. And I think Hall would help you do that. Now I know that sounds crazy because he hasn't scored much and Buffalo has been terrible, but that Buffalo roster is so bad. The centers today, Nick, were... So it's that Dia guy. 
it was Cody Eakin, Curtis Lazar, and Riley Shahan. Those were their four centers, and then they had a Bryson and Bristolainen in first pairing. Like how they had Dustin Dukarski playing goal a couple nights ago. Like that team is so bad. Um, you know, seventeen straight losses. I don't know when they're going to get any better, but I want to rescue Taylor Hall. I think we might have to go over the falls, Nick, and find a way to get him out of Buffalo. I know, and then he's going to have to quarantine here, and we'd have to quarantine here. So. And we, I'm, it's. <laughs> Yeah. It's worth it. It's a sacrifice for willing to take, especially if we could get that seven-day one that the NHL is doing. But um, yeah, <laughs> with with Granlund, where, where are you at with him? I think he's still the most likely. Um, I think he's definitely a player that the Leafs should be interested in. In interested in. I can't talk today. But the only problem I have with him is, and I mentioned this in the Lad pod, pod, podcast, is. Like, how much better is he than Kerfoot? And if they did get Granlin and Kerfoot has to go the other way, I just don't know how much that really moves the needle. I definitely think Granlin's the better player. Um, I just don't really know if it's a significant gap between the two players. Um, so that's my only, you know, my only real concern with Granlin. I think he's a good player. I think he's, I think you can play center, you can play wing, you play on your, your power play. Um, but I think that's still the most likely just based on, you know, kind of the rumors out there. Um, so I think with Grand, it just depends on what the package is and, and what else the Leafs do. Yeah, I think he's, uh, I think he's a pretty good player. Um, yeah, as you said, I just don't know if he's a massive upgrade on Kerfoot, but I do think he's a fine player. I think he'd underwhelm people if he's their one big addition. Um, but he's fine. Like, I think too, if you get rid of Kerfoot and you need to replace him with a center, maybe Grandland's a guy you get at, at 50% retention. Because um, I do think I'd like to add like a depth center. And I know we talked about a depth defenseman, but I just think they're happy with the defense right now. I expect Bogosian to play. Uh, I think they've liked what Lilligren's done with the Marlies as depth. Maybe they add one more. I know Sandine should be back soon. Um, but yeah, I, I think the defense is good. Goaltending, I think, you know, Freeman reported on headlines tonight that, you know, I think that they're they're not going to trade for a goalie unless they absolutely have to. Like if, if Anderson's out for the year or if, you know, Anderson's just looking terrible when he comes back, but there's just not a lot of healthy goalies right now and not a lot of available goalies. And you got the 70, seven day quarantine. So I think we both kind of are on the same page with, with goalies and defense. Is that, is that uh, definitely, I think it's something that this is a bit, I wouldn't say outrageous, but if Anderson is out, and I know they, they, they don't expect him to be out for a long time, but, you know, it doesn't sound like they know too much about his injury right now. But if for whatever reason, if, you know, he was out long term and they, had to, they got him on LTIR, then I wonder how that changes the deadline for the Leafs in terms of what they're trading, whether they're giving away salary, whether they're going to get a goalie back. Like, I think that definitely is something that's still in the books. Um, I hope I'm hoping it's not because I, I do hope Anderson's still there because I think, you know, training for a goalie at this point, you know, even with the quarantine, like that makes things very very difficult. And Campbell just hasn't played very many games in a big sample. I know he's six and zero this year, but it's only six games, um, and he's been having injury problems this year. So I definitely hope that Anderson's back, but I don't think that's out of the books just yet. Him being out for the you know kind of an extended time and then putting him on LTIR. Yeah, it sounds like, like Freeman said today they don't think his season's done, so I expect him back at some point. Um, I do think that if he was out, they'd make a move because you can't have Hutchison as your backup in the playoffs. I think they, they would get someone. 
um, even if it's like a Bernier. Um, so that might be plan B. I think right now they'll, you know, they'll, they'll hold firm and, and they'll wait. And we'll probably get an update on that in the next couple of days. I am selling myself on haul. Um, I know Friedman speculated that, uh, you know, St. Louis might be a fit. But I just saw that Andy Strickland, who's an insider um, for, I think he's a reporter for the Blues, but he often has a lot of inside information. He... He put a thumbs down to it, so I don't know if that's inside, or if that's just his opinion, but I don't know. I I, I think Hall would be, you know, Divas has already said he's willing to trade top prospects. There's not a lot of buyers out there. I think they're going to hold on to their big four prospects, and I think it's going to be a first and something else. That's my prediction. I've... So I think they're going to pay a little bit extra to get that deal done, and I'm going to be fine with that. I know people will be outraged being like, you have to give up a first, but I think I'm I'm willing to do if it. Do it now. Let's get the if player. If there's any draft or any year you give up that first rounder, it's this year. the The draft isn't as strong. The scouting isn't the same as it has been in past years. The Leafs are probably gonna you know at least win a round. I hope it's not going to be a you know a sixteenth overall, seventeenth overall pick. It's probably going to be in the twenties. Like this is your year that you want to trade that first round pick. Especially if it's for Taylor Hall, I think it's gonna be the thirty-second uh, pick, which is 30 normally second, a se- yeah. normally a second rounder. It's gonna be a first rounder this year with with the Seattle Kraken joining. So yeah, I, I'm in for Hall. I guess backup would be Palmieri. I'm just not sure if they'd move him or if, the, if that'll end up happening. Granlin's probably my third option, but I, I would want kind of two guys. Like I'd be inquiring on Tyler Bertuzzi. Obviously, acquire at least to figure out what the price on Ekholm is, but. I think we're going to see a move pretty soon, Nick. Um, a couple it's, things. I, it's so funny because last week you asked me, when, do you think it's going to happen in the next seven days? You said yes. I went no just to, to be the opposite. And I feel like we've done, we've talked about this trade deadline for like five shows. So if we're back here next week and there still hasn't been a deal, I, I don't know what we're going to do. <laughs> There's we're going to be, be talking about Grandland and Hall and... And uh, we're going to be talking about these five players and Paul Mary for one more show. At least we one know. One last ride. At least we know that Kevin Adams, Buffalo's GM, is is checking his phone now because he traded Stahl, right? So he's got the yeah. phone on. It was charged. He got some of his messages in. He hasn't. He's just got to scroll up and see that that hall offer that that Dubas is is sending over. A couple updates I wanted to get to Nick. One is Amirov finished his KHL season and is now playing in the MHL. So those games are on YouTube. I have been watching them. And apparently he's going to be up against the Leafs' other draft pick out of Russia this year, Arthur Akimov, the goalie. So that should be interesting. Obviously, in junior hockey, Amirov's going to get a lot more chances. Um, he, and they he went crushed up, the league last year. He did crush the league la- yeah, last year. He's a good two-way forward. He's, he's really good defensively. He's... He's that kind of guy that's going to fit in on a like that hyman Makaya engvall line, no problem, because he's such a good skater with a long reach. Um, good transition player. But now he'll really get more opportunities to get you know more offense because the KHL is such a defensive league to begin with. It's boring, boring hockey. It's like there's a lot of shutouts. It's a lot of 2-1 games. Every goalie has a 930 save percentage. This will be a good opportunity for him, and I'm, I'm excited to see that, although... I did want to see him with the Marlies, I will admit. So that'll be interesting to keep an eye on. The other thing I wanted to get to, Nick, here's a question for you. Do you think they trade any of their big four prospects at the deadline? So that would be Robertson, Sandine, Amirov, and Timothy Lilligren. 
Will they trade one of those four? Do I want them to? No. no. Do you think they Do will? Do I think they will? Do I think they will? No. Um, yeah. I, I, I just don't think so. I think Dubis has shown that he's able to make these types of trades without giving up their top prospects. Um, it's going to have to be a really good player. Uh, I've said this before. It's going to have to be someone that has some term. Um, like maybe a Forsberg. Uh, but I do not think a deal like that's going to go through. Um, so I think they're going to still have Lilligren, Amirov, uh, Sandine, and Robertson, and I'm going to be really happy about that because I yeah, love all four of those players. I agree with you. I just don't – I know he said he'd move top prospects, but I don't think he's doing it unless it's a guy with term and unless, like, Hurdle or Forsberg get moved or maybe, maybe an Ekholm. Um, I just think that the price is going to be lower for Hull. I think he's a good rental. The, the price will be lower for Palmieri. I do think they're – probably going to be in the rental market rather than the term market but i think they'll at least talk about it but yeah i, I just think those guys are, are probably going to be staying and i'm happy about that because lilligren's playing really well at the marley's and I'd, I'd, I'd rather just keep them if if he was like, i'm sure he's talking about some of the top prospects and like dubis has to answer yes because if he says no there mm-hmm. like it would be mayhem but I think that if he was going to trade a guy like Lilligrand or even Amirov, like the deal would be done by now, I think. Um, especially with, with guys like Hall. You saw what Stahl went for, a third and a fifth. Like Lilligrand and Amirov is are, is miles better than a third and a fifth. Um, and then with Hall, like obviously they're looking for a first-round pick in the 2021 draft. Amirov, Lilligrand, Sandin, Robertson is a way better asset than that first-round pick. So... I think the deal would have already been done if, if um, you know, if he was going to trade a, for a rental with those players. I, I think that this kind of opens up this where people talk about this year being their year and about how you have to be all in. And, like, you see that all the time these days, I think, on, on Twitter and on the radio and stuff like that. And I think that is true. I think the Leafs do need to be all in this year to a certain extent. I don't think that means that you can, you know, start trading nick robertson a guy who's could potentially and will um compete for a spot on this team next year like as soon as next year same thing with sandine i think lilligren's going to also compete and amirov's going to be a a really good player in a couple years so like you don't need to trade those guys to improve this roster this year um they do have a really good opportunity to make it to the conference finals this year but you know when it comes to the prices there's just there's no need to give up those players even though they're all in this year yeah, I think we we both said we're willing to give give up this year's first, um, and, and I think that's what they're gonna do. I, I could see it being like a first in Hervinen, a first in Miko Kakinen, a first in, um, you know, may, maybe SDA. I doubt it, but um, that's the other thing I got to give a shout out to. He's he's gonna be SDA. playing with the Marlies, so we I'm got, so I'm so excited. I think he's wearing Kadri's number too, forty three. So that'll be uh, that'll be Big interesting. Shoes. Big, yeah, big shoes to fill. Um, the, the Marlies have needed that crop of prospects to come up, and this is no, this is no uh, a slight on on the current Marlies, but like the past two three years have been kind of boring to watch the games. Uh, you know, obviously you and I still watch them, but I just can't wait till this current crop of prospects like Samuel Durang and Chensev when Hervinen gets there, Nimala, um, you know, down the road Mitnin of Chinnikov. Like I can't wait till this this. Uh, Till they get there, because you know you can only watch like I, I love Kenny Agostino. Can't watch. You him love Kenny Agostino. You can watch him all the time. 
<laughs> or or even like I don't know I can't even think of 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 them right now. They just have a lot of those types of players where, uh, you know, they need some 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 uh, some promising prospects there. You're the president of the Agostino fan club. Like I, I think I don't think I, I, I think I'm everything for the Agostino fan club. You're going back and watching his his college games from Yale. It's funny because I when Agostino got called up, I. I, I plugged my one article from 2020, <laughs> um, and I think it was it was Adam Adam Lascaris who used to be on on TLN. He said, "I'm just more surprised that you have so many thoughts on Kenny Agostino." <laughs> <laughs> that was so funny. Yeah, I think he's a he's just a tad slow. He's got decent skill, but a tad slow, and and I think that's what stops him from being the NHL player. But he's good in the A. Um, they've been playing well. I'm excited for. Nick Robertson to to get back. I know he's been he's been hurt with an oblique injury. His brother's just killing it in Dallas. Um, yeah, so it, it's gonna he's be a exciting. big guy. So I'm gonna ask you, Nick. We asked this last time, and you were correct. So you're up one nothing right now. Okay. Will the Leafs make a trade? I'm gonna shorten the window this time. I'm gonna say in the next. Yeah, we have to. I'm gonna say in the next five days. <sighs> So the, the deadline is the... it's Saturday night right now. So let's say ended like midnight Thursday. So you know going into Friday. Okay, so next five days. I always I ask you this every pod. When is the deadline? The twelfth. Twelfth. Okay. So this would be by <sighs> the end of April first. So the date of the trade has to be April first or earlier. Will it happen? We record pretty much once a week right now. So we have two more Saturdays before the deadline, which means potentially we could be talking about Granlin Hall and Paul Mary for two more shows. No, so I'm it's happening say, this week. I'm saying no. I'm going to go no again. We, the people want more Hall, Paul Mary, and, and Granlin talk from us. <laughs> like, everyone's <laughs> going to be experts on these three. So when the trade happens, they'll be like, okay, well, this guy had a 62% neutral zone start face-off. Um, we need I'm, to start learning more about these three players, so we're not just repeating ourselves every week. We need to get into like their their college days and their high school stats or something like that. You know who we need is Johnny Goudreau, who's playing at his 500th game right now, and we're gonna see if it's better than his, his 499. Did you see that quote? Yeah, I saw that quote. It's amazing. He's got two primary assists so far through one period, so it sounds like it is going better than 499. But Nick, <laughs> we are gonna be back. Not in a week. We'll be back in a couple of days when the Hall trade breaks because it's going to happen. Hope so. I'm guessing Monday or Tuesday. That's my guess. Um, I hope so. I hope you're right. I, last week I, ho- I hoped you I were right, I, but I'm going to go no. Last time I thought it was going to be Grandland. I'm fully on board the Taylor Hall trade. I, that's what I think is going to happen. I think it's going to happen, and I want it to happen. So I'll leave everyone with that, and we'll see everybody, hopefully, in the next few days. 